Welcome to the Passionate Latina Podcast, where we dive deep into everyday life stories and experiences. In each episode, you'll hear from me and my guests sharing our unique journeys, challenges, and triumphs, from small victories to life-changing moments, from relationships, careers, to health and spirituality. I believe that every story has the power to inspire and connect us. Whether you're looking for inspiration, guidance, or simply a relatable voice to connect with, we hope our conversations will make you laugh and leave you feeling uplifted and empowered. So sit back, relax, and join me on this journey of discovery and connection as we dwell into the wonderful messiness of being a human. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Passionate Latina Podcast. This is your sassy and spicy host, Melanie, and this is episode one. I am so excited. I still feel like I'm dreaming and someone's going to pinch me and I'm going to wake up. I just want to take a moment to thank everybody again for joining me on this journey. The amount of love that I've been receiving, whether it's verbal, text messages, comments on my social media platforms, just had me on fire yesterday. I felt so much love that it just, I felt like I was walking on air yesterday. It was unreal, the feeling I was feeling. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me on this journey. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's a little bit heavy, but it is my personal journey. And I promised you guys that we were going to have honest and transparent conversations. And this subject that we're talking about is part of the reason why I started the podcast. Um, I use my social media platform to really vent and use it as a part of therapy. Yes, I'm also in therapy too as well. I've done therapy, but I use it as therapy and I like sharing my happy moments, my sad moments, my vulnerable moments, my frustration, my when I'm frustrated. And some people are like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, ah, I thought about it, but nah. And I have a lot to talk about, but it's not just about talking about it. It's healing through that process. Um, talking helps me heal. I'm a talker, as you can tell. So um, this episode means a lot to me. Um, it was a very long journey that I'm actually still in the process and I'm still healing through, but I'm on the other side of it. So let's jump into it, right? Oh, whew. I thought that I was building such a solid foundation for many, 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 many years until it shattered into a million pieces. So today's episode it is titled, The Village I Thought I Built Failed Me. Wow, that's a lot, right? So talking about it on this platform, like I said, is going to be a healing journey for me. But I hope that once this episode airs and you hear it, that it also can help somebody else to let them know, hey, I might be in the same boat. I'm not in this by myself. Or, hey, maybe these are things that I can do that it just helps. Even if it's just one person, that's all that matters to me. So let's get started. In 2020, the world was turned upside down. Like the whole entire world was turned upside down. And that's kind of when I started seeing the cracks in my foundation. They weren't big cracks, but I started noticing some cracks in my foundation. So let me backtrack a little bit about me and my life. Um, as a kid, I grew up in church. Uh, my father was an evangelist. My grandparents were pastors. I married a man whose uh, grandfather was a pastor in a Baptist church as too as well. My grandparents were a pastors at Pentecostal church. So I kind of, not kind of, I grew up in church and um, 
the way that I grew up in church, it wasn't really, I never really learned to have a relationship with God until I got older. It was more the fear of what you're doing. Like everything you did was either wrong or it wasn't the way, or this is not what it says you should do. So it wasn't something that I looked forward to. I can remember as a kid and as a teen, I kind of strayed away from church and religion. Um, I was a teen mom. That's a whole nother episode. And so that was a harsh reality and it was looked down upon. So I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like this is where I belong. And so I kind of strayed away from it. I focused on being a mom. As I said, I was a young mom. And so it just kind of was put on the back burner for me. But as I got older and my kids got older, I started feeling that urge to want to have my kids in church. Um, I can't exactly put a pinpoint on like why. I just thought that's what I needed to do. That was going to be best for my family, for my kids. That's the only way. And so I started looking for church when I lived in California, joined a church. Um, now we're far let's forward to when we moved to Texas. I knew that when we moved to Texas, I also wanted to find to find a church home, but I wanted it to be different than the way that I was raised. I wanted it to be in a place where people loved us, appreciate us, didn't judge us. Um, Cause I'm a person that loves all people. I can talk to anybody. And my kids and my husband will tell you, man, everywhere we go, you either know somebody or you just start conversations with random people. I'm just a lover of people. I love people. So that was my goal to find a place where we felt loved and appreciated and um, that we can create a family. When we moved to Texas, it was just my mom and my sister and then myself, my husband and my kids. So it wasn't like aunts and uncles and all that stuff. And I've always desired for my kids to grow up in a big family to to have what what I knew what I wanted for them, like just a lot of people around them and people that loved them and supported them and walked walk through life with us. Right. So we went to a couple of different churches that just didn't feel right for us and we ended up at one church and we were there for a very, very, very long time. For uh, Xavier, my son was three, I believe, two and a half, three when we joined this church and he's now 18. So it was a long time. Um, do the math, figure it out. But anyways, it was a long time. So for many years, we were very involved in church. And when I say involved, leadership roles after leadership roles, uh, my kids were always at youth camp and conferences, um, part of women's ministry, children's ministry, youth ministry, men's ministry, marriage ministry. Like when I say we lived and breathed, we lived and breathed. Like, <laughs> this podcast would go on for days if I talked about how deep we were in, like all the way up to our necks. <laughs> um, and so for many years, that was our life. Our life was built around that. And, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to all that. Everybody's going to say, so let's, let's just skip forward to 2020 when things started shutting down and things started happening and why I started seeing cracks in my foundation. And what I mean by I built, like the village that I thought I built failed me, 
that was my village. Like I said, when we moved out here, it was just my mom and my sister originally, and then us. And I said how important it was. I wanted to have a big family around my kids to walk through life with. And I thought that's, I thought that's what I was doing. I was building that village that would always be there for us and be there for my kids. And, you know, and we had that, we did have that. I'm not saying that we didn't, we did have that. And so as this village is being built and it was a big village as this village was being built, um, I thought this was it. I thought this is where we belong. This is, even though there was cons to it, I was like, no, this is where we belong. I would always tell myself, this is where he wants us. This is where we're supposed to be. This is family. Like they, they show that they love us. They show that they need us. They, you know, all these great things, right? Well, those were the pros to it. But when things started shutting down and I started seeing the cracks in the foundation and people started showing who they really are, um, I knew that that's not where myself or my family belonged anymore. And I never in a million years thought by us making that decision would put a target on our backs. So, in 2020, we decided to, and not just me, my husband, after a while, decided to change churches because we felt drawn somewhere else. And we knew that the things that we were seeing and the cracks that we were seeing and the ways people's reaction was, this is not where we wanted to be anymore. It didn't feel the same. It didn't look the same. They weren't acting the same. And that's what we did. Um we decided as a family to go ahead and move churches and um, we thought that was going to be the best thing the best thing for us as time went on i never thought that the village that i thought we were building would turn against us would literally turn their back on us would literally act like we no longer existed or we were a plague or we uh, were the enemy, um, and I got hurt. And the expression church hurt is real. There's no other way to say it. And when people say it, people take it lightly, like, oh, that's not a big deal. Just go to another church. Uh, no. When you're When you are as knee deep as we were, we weren't just a member of the congregation. Um, you get to start seeing the things on the back end and it's not pretty. So when I left, there was a lot of damage. There was a lot of hurt and I built up walls. And also like not only built up walls, like I had little radars, <laughs> as you would say. So when we were at the other church, you could start to see the things faster than it was when I was at the other church for so many, many years. And those walls were built for a reason to protect myself, to protect my family. And those radars, I didn't ignore them. I ignored them before. I would brush them under the rug. Um, I would lock them up in a box and throw away the key because I felt like 
this is where we belong. This is where we're supposed to be. So all those things that are happening, they're happening for a reason. It was very naive of me, believe me, very naive of me. I blame myself for a lot of the hurt that my family had went through because we should have left a long time ago when all these other sirens and radars were going on. Um, but to me, I was like, no, this is where God has called me to be. This is where I need to be. So when we were at the other church, those things were going off. And I remember sitting in the parking lot one day uh, on our way to church and we pulled up into the parking lot, at the new church. And I couldn't find myself to get out of the car. And I was bawling, crying, like tears coming down my eye. Like I just felt stiff. Like I was paralyzed. Like I couldn't move. And my husband's like, what's wrong? And mind you, my husband, I loved the church and um, my kids, the two young kids, because at this point, our two older ones are already out of the house. Um, we're starting to really get involved. And I was just like, I just, I couldn't even explain it. I couldn't even explain why I'm crying, why I felt the way I felt. I felt numb inside. I felt empty. I felt alone. I felt abandoned. There was all these emotions going on. So, you know, we're still going to the church and I get involved with um, the women's ministry at that church. And we were there for almost a year. And I was very careful about the friends or people that I let around me or in my life or in my family's life. So again, because I had those walls built and I didn't trust nobody after what had happened and I felt abandoned, not just felt abandoned, we were abandoned. Um, we were very much abandoned. So those friendships that were built at this new church were very little. And long story short, like, I was very like, okay, so I know I'm like all over the place, but there's so much to talk about. At my old church, it was very hard for me to be me. I was told a lot of the times like, hey, you're too loud. Or, hey, you're too, I don't know. That's why this this uh, podcast is called The Passionate Latina, because I'm very passionate about people. I'm very passionate about others. I'm very passionate about the underdog. I remember somebody told me that specifically, like, man, you fight the fight for those underdogs. You're darn right, because not many people will. And if I have the energy, if I have the means, if I have the will, then I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to pick them up from the floor and dust them off and help them out and help them walk alongside their battles, their fights. So I was the rebellious one because I didn't just always take no for an answer. And I also didn't just sit down and be pretty. I questioned a lot of things and even, and that put a target on me. Uh, <laughs> um, no need, no way am I perfect. I'm far from it. There's no such thing. And so I would always tell like, hey, sit down or hey, maybe you should like not speak or maybe you should like give it a break or give it a minute or like they weren't willing to be for me to be heard. And if I was heard, it was too much. It was too much. It was too much. Um, I remember being in 
and meetings and like literally bawling my eyes out about how passionate I am about a certain ministry or a certain age group um, and being told like, I didn't know what I was talking about or that they didn't agree. Like it, it was just a lot. It was, it, it, it was so much. There were so many red flags. <clears throat> so that foundation shattered into a million pieces when we left and we didn't leave on bad terms. We left and always we've been told if, you know, if you feel led to be somewhere else, like that's not a bad thing. That's never a bad thing. But it was the polar opposite. It was a polar opposite. It was like we took a match and <laughs> lit the church on fire. Like you would think that we did something that was unforgivable, which is absolutely ridiculous. And so when all that happened in the midst of going from one church to another, I fell into a really dark place. I fell into a really dark, deep depression. Um, I lost that village that, that I thought we were building together. I felt abandoned and alone. Um, there were days that um, I didn't want to exist anymore. There were times where I just literally wanted to get in my car and drive away and never come back. And the one thing, the only thing that kept me going is my kids, my husband, and getting into therapy. Because when I tell you I have PTSD from this stuff, it the roots are deep. Because it was so many years of it and then the way that we were treated was really harsh and the people that I thought would be there for me to pick me up when I fell were no longer around um they chose a side and that was it it didn't matter and when I tell you how that changed who I am today for the better, but it took me a long time to get here. When I look back at how dark it got and how ugly it got for me, to this day, I won't step foot into a church building. When we started going to that new church, as I was saying earlier, I, I did have a couple of friends that I thought were friends and I was very honest. So like I was saying earlier, and I'm sorry, I keep backtracking, going back and forth, but I couldn't be who I wanted to truly be a hundred percent me without feeling like I was being watched or my kids were being watched 24 seven, whether we were in the building or if they saw them somewhere else, or if we were in our home, like constantly being watched. And so when we went to the new church. I'm like, I'm going to be me. And if they don't like me, that's not on me. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, do I cuss? Yes. Do I like to have a drink? Yes. Do I, am I loud? Yes. Do I want to talk about certain things that is forbidden upon to talk about in these buildings? Yes. Like if we're having issues, if we're having these things, like we should have these conversations. And so I was very honest. Um, I was me. 
And even when I started to try to build relationships, I was very honest with them as well. Um, I let them in my home. I let them with my family. We were nothing, nothing like trying to be these good um, Christian family, walking the line, no gray area, you know, all that stuff, right? Uh, I was done with that. I was completely and totally done with that. I'm going to live my life. I love the Lord. And I'm going to live my life the way that I know that I want to live my life. You know, I'm not going to let nobody else um, tell me how that's supposed to look. So when I thought I was building these these relationships, I felt like there was a weight lifted off my shoulders. I felt like, man, I can actually breathe. I can like serve in ministry with these women and I can actually breathe and be me. I don't have to worry about putting on a facade. I don't have to worry about who's watching me or looking over my shoulder. And um, unfortunately, that was not the case. So not only did, and mind you, I was very honest with um, the fellow people that I was trying to build these relationships with of what happened previous in that other church. I was very honest about how everything went down. I was very honest about all the ugly, all of it, all the ugly and the good, um, all of it. And I remember getting a text message basically telling me that my lifestyle doesn't match up with the Christian lifestyle, which is now her lifestyle, and that she thinks it's best that we don't be friends at all. A text message, not a phone call, not a face-to-face, a text message at night. It's probably like seven o'clock at night. I remember vividly because my husband and I were on our way to go for our night walk. And I read that message and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like I was never, I never said anything other than me being completely honest about who I am, what I am. And we're doing all these things and you're around my family and we're doing events and you're helping me with my business. And, you know, we're planning a birthday trip and we're doing all these things. And then all of a sudden we can't be friends. That my friends was the icing on the cake for me. I was done. I tried calling her. She didn't answer me back. She didn't answer my phone calls. I tried texting her. She's never texted me back. Um, and for me, that was the icing on the cake because I've already had that treatment. I had that treatment. And I wasn't going to allow myself to be in that space anymore or around people that couldn't accept me for me because I don't fit in their perfect little box. And so that day really <laughs> put a fire under me. I, from that moment on, I don't allow anybody in my space that thinks that they're better than me or my lifestyle is not appropriate for them. I don't care anymore what anybody thinks about me. I don't, I don't allow anybody in my space that is negative or ugly or wants to try to change me or change my family or change my views. No, I don't care if you're blood. I don't care who you are or what you do or how much money. I don't, I don't care. Um, I went through therapy. I talk about it openly on my social media platforms. It took me a while. 
I'm not doing this to hurt anybody or to bash anybody. Again, this is part of my healing journey. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast so we can openly talk about the hard things in life, the things that happen to us personally, to be able to share so people know that you're not the only one out there. And as I started to un untie, unwind, like deconstruction, deconstructionize, I believe that's what they call it, Christianity, it opened up my eyes to so many different things and views and my beliefs have changed. Like I said, I will never step in a f- my foot in a church. And some of my friends, one of my best friends, um, it was it was hard for her to understand, but yet she understood and she walked through this with me. And she has been one of my rocks, like one of my solid rocks, because she didn't judge me for it. She didn't abandon me. She didn't abandon my family. She actually like took my hand and walked alongside me through this, even when she didn't understand it, even when it was sad for her, but she did it with me. Um, and I'm like a hundred million times grateful and thankful for that. Our friendship is stronger because of it. Um, but like I said, I... I can't even stomach the fact of walking in a building, in a church. And I know it's just a building. It's the people inside of it. Um, do I have a relationship with the Lord? Mm, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like I used to. I wouldn't say like I used to. Are my beliefs changed? A hundred percent. They have changed. I am a different person. My kids will say that I'm a different person. Um, the ones around me that are so close will say that I'm a different person. And not in a bad way. Um, but I'm more free. I feel free. I feel like the chains are gone. I'm not dragging any guilt or shame or any of that. So to me, I'm, I'm, I'm a much better person. Was it the hardest thing that I've ever had to go through? Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I would... I wouldn't want anybody else to walk through what I had to walk through because it wasn't just me. It was my kids that were hurt. It was my husband that was hurt. And it, it just was really, really hard. It was really, really hard. So if you are walking through something that people don't understand, if the people around you don't support your decision and you know it's what's best for you, maybe it's time for you to start looking at what you need to change, who you need to let go of, who you need to walk away from, or organizations that you need to walk away from. Don't allow others to dictate who you are as a person, what you believe as a person. Don't let them shape you and mold you. Don't give them that power. I gave too many people power over me, and I'll never, ever do that again. If you need somebody to talk to, reach out to somebody that you know that's going to love you. That's going to walk through this with you. That's going to grab a hold of you and latch onto you and walk you through this. Dry your tears, hug you when you need a hug, give you your space when you need that space. 
to me, going to therapy was the best thing that I could have done. I wouldn't be here today talking to you guys. I guarantee you that if I didn't get therapy. That was the best thing that I could have done. A hundred percent. If that's what you need to do, do that. Don't let nobody shame you and thinking that that's not okay. Don't let anybody think you that you're crazy for, for getting therapy. Get it, please. I am glad that I was able to share this. I hope that when you're listening to this, that this could help you walk through something or just see that you can be torn down and you could still get back up and be a better person from it. Dust it off, figure it out. It may not be easy. It may take some time like it did for me, but I did it. I'm here. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining me today and walking this journey with me. As always, please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the passionate Latina and on TikTok at loving me being me. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify and rate me out of five, por favor. And I will talk to y'all soon. Y'all have a great day.